Hello listeners, this is Matt from Uncanny Treks, and I want to take a moment to tell you about our brand new Patreon at patreon.com slash uncannytreks. On our Patreon, we offer lots of exclusive content in multiple tiers, including access to our brand new Patreon-exclusive podcast, X-Men 92 vs. Young Justice. On this podcast, we follow the same format as B5 vs. DS9, but with an entirely new focus on reliving the nostalgia of 90s X-Men animated series and comparing it to the fast-paced action of Young Justice. Both of these animated series have recently been renewed for new seasons, so we felt it was a great time to return to these two comic book-based properties. If you're interested in subscribing, please visit us at patreon.com slash uncannytreks, and you can always reach out to us on Twitter at uncannytreks. Enjoy the show, and as always... Thank you for listening. Back to the galaxy's greatest podcast about the two great 90 space station shows, Babylon 5 versus DS9. But today we're just talking DS9. Specifically, we're doing our DS9 season three retrospective. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. How you doing tonight, Matt? Doing all right. It's actually uh, below freezing now in Georgia in March. The day before, it was like in the 70s. So. It's it's been a weird experience here. This uh this this weather is uh not okay. Uh oh uh, man, we uh we're still in winter, but it's not that cold here. Uh, there was a brief week like two weeks ago where it looked like we were done with winter, but that was a lie. And uh, I'm just you know being very cold in my house, uh, trying not to turn up turn up the heater because if I do that, uh, my landlord and uh, empty shelf Joe and the and the Russians and the Ukrainians all win somehow. And I just don't want any of that to happen. So I'm being cold, but more important than uh, being cold and being solvent. And so that's how it goes. Well, I'm glad you're able to uh, to keep your, your Paramount Plus subscription to watch the show, Bob. And <laughs> Oh, uh, that's uh, that's not my Paramount Plus uh, subscription. That's my uh, that's one of my best friend's partners. Paramount oh, okay. Plus subscriptions, Matt. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're able to keep your Internet running. So that, that's a good thing. It's... Yeah, I, I do need to switch my internet. I pay way too goddamn much for this internet. <laughs> All right, so let's get into uh, DS9 Season 3. And we're going to break this down into three categories. We have our great episodes. We have our okay uh, episodes, but they're also interesting and important without being great. Well, interesting or important or okay. Some combination of one of those, maybe. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that's a much better way to describe that than I did. And then we have our dumpster fire, which are episodes you really need to just avoid at all costs. They're not that great. They're not good, and they sometimes they they harm the overall season itself. Uh, so let's just dive into it, Bob. In our great episodes, the very first episode we have is the search part one. Yeah, noticeably just the search part one, not the search part two. Yes, correct. This was the uh, season premiere of season three. This is where the Defiant goes in search of the Founders. They actually start moving into uh, Dominion territory, trying to see what's out there. Uh, this is also our introduction to the Defiant, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's a kind of follow-up to that big cliffhanger, the Jim Hadar at the end of Season 2. 
Right. Just a great, just a great episode. Totally worth watching. The next episode we have on this list, Bob, House of Quark. Yeah, it's kind of like a chocolate peanut butter episode. You know, Klingon episodes are great. Ferengi episodes are great. What if you did a Klingon and Ferengi episode? Yeah, and this is the one where Quark basically lies about killing a Klingon and he gets put in charge of his house. A lot of good back and forth between, her name escapes me, but whoever the Klingon, uh, the female Klingon, his the, the widow. A lot of good back and forth between she and Quark. I want to say Grelka, but I don't know if that's right. I think that I think that is right. It was I think Grelka was correct. We we could just be sexist and refer to her as Quark's wife. That's yeah. a possibility. <laughs> but great Ferengi episode, worth your time. Uh, the next episode we have on our list is Second Skin. This is where Kira gets turned into a Cardassian. Yeah, really fun kind of Cartesian doubt narrative where you're like, oh my God, has Kira been a Cardassian this entire time? Exactly. Good stuff. And I remember when we did that episode, uh, well, no, I remember when we did that episode, but the first time I watched this episode was probably, you know, years and years ago. I actually kind of thought that maybe Kira was was a Cardassian and that that's that's the route they were going. (laughs) On the one hand, you can be a simple child and this can be a great episode. Both can be true. Yeah. Fantastic episode. The next one is Abandoned. This is where a Quark finds a Jim Hadar baby that's been abandoned, and we find out that the Jim Hadar uh, grow very quickly uh, from child to adult. Also, have very strong instinctual programming from uh, the founders. And this, I think, we'll talk about this a little more later, but it's really, in some sense, this and the finale are the only episodes that really develop the Dominion this season. Right. Which is kind of interesting given how much the shadow of the Dominion hangs over this season. And this is also a good episode for Odo because it shows him like taking the, the, the Jim Hadar child under his wing and you get to see Odo in that kind of unfamiliar territory. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Now, the next episode, Bob, I, I, I think I like this episode, but I don't know if I'd fit it on the great it's okay. The episode is Civil Defense. I, I have two arguments for you for why it belongs in the great. Okay. So the first is that it's, I believe, the first time we see Garrick and Ducat on screen together, which is just delightful. And then the second is that it's the source of a lot of great memes. Like, it's the source of the Attention Bajoran Workers meme, where you see Ducat's uh, uh, programmed face on the computer. And it's also the uh, source of Kira tooling up with a Bajoran phaser on ops, which is uh, often collaborated, or often collaborated, often uh, captioned, looks like we've got ourselves a collaborator. All right. So Bob is basing his uh, reasoning for keeping this on the great list and that it is uh, memeable, I guess. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I'm confused. Is there some other standard by which I'm supposed to adjudicate greatness of these episodes or not? Uh, I'm, I'm fine with it, Bob. We can leave it there. But the, just to give the listeners an understanding of it, this is the one where the DS9 security system uh, tries to kill the crew. Personified by Duke Goldicott. Yeah. And so Goldicott getting in kind of an argument with himself. Very good. Very good. Yeah. All right. So we'll leave it on there. But the next episode is the Defi- is Defiant. And this is where Thomas Riker returns and he steals the Defiant. Yeah. And in case you don't remember, he also has mad sexual tension with Kira. It's really delightful. Yeah, this is one of the only... Well, there's two episodes where we get next-gen characters that come back. You know, we didn't see too much of that in season two. Season one, we had it, like, all all the time, so... Yeah, there's also good Ducat versus Sisko 
uh, energy over the case of Thomas Riker in this episode, which is, I mean, not not as good as like civil defense in that respect, but a good, a good aspect of the episode. And then the next episode, Bob, I, I'm also going to question you on this one, but I, I kind of already know why you put it on the great list. This is Fascination, in which Luxana Troy visits the station and everyone gets horny. I'm a big fan of Luxana. I'm a big fan of horniness. I don't know what else I need to say. About <laughs> I'll leave it on. We'll leave it on the great list. Uh, it is a fun episode. I'll give you that. It's 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 worth watching. Uh, past tense. This is where the crew times travels to San Francisco in the year 2024 and are involved in the Bell riots. Oh, is it the year? Is it the year 2024? Yes, it is. And it. I feel oh, like maybe. The, Maybe Picard season two actually. Uh, That's what I was about to say, Bob. I feel like this episode is going to be very important for Picard season two, and I'm trying to like, I'm I'm not getting my hopes too high, but I'm like, oh, there's so many things they could do with this, and uh, this okay. ep- this episode's definitely worth watching. Because I was getting the past tense vibes off the the preview material for Picard season two. But I'd forgotten the year it was set, and when they were saying they were going back to 2024, I was just like, oh man, this is just another example of new Star Trek being turned into Democrat propaganda, because, you know, oh, it's about the, we got to defeat Trump when he tries for re-election sort of stuff. Uh, I hadn't realized that was also, okay, that makes me, that actually takes away one of my big objections to Picard season <laughs> two, at least for the moment. Well, the thing is, too, it, 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 the Bell Rats occurred in September of 2024, so I don't know the exact date yet when they go back yeah. in Picard. And also, I'm, I think they go to L.A. in Picard Season 2, from what I've read. Yeah, that sounds right. Which so, put, they're about three, I, 300 like miles weird, away, Bob. It's like some weird combination of uh, past tense and then that Voyager episode where they go back to the 1990s in L.A. Mm. And do uh, you remember that Sarah Silverman uh, teams up with them? Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> you know they were. Yeah, you know, they wanted her to join the cast. Oh wow, that would have been like that. You there was a world in which instead of Seven of Nine, you got Sarah Silverman as like the the sexy new addition to the Voyager cast. I, mean, I just just that thought just makes me. I don't, I don't. I can't imagine that at all. But that's that's a weird timeline. It's a, it makes Voyager a much different show. I mean, I like Seven and Jerry Ryan, but in some ways, it, I. It would be a very interesting, uh, interesting alternate path. All right. So the next episode, Bob, we have on the list is Profit Motive. And this is where the prophets alter the Grand Nagus to benevolence. Yeah, he starts changing up the rules of acquisition. They don't make any sense to Quark and Rom, and they start questioning what's wrong with the Grand Nagus. I like this episode. I mean, at this watch through of DS9 for me, I've really started to appreciate the Ferengi episodes more. I think it's my old age. I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Ferengi episodes are, you know, about, uh, mostly about family. And, you know, that when, that hits better when you're older. Yeah. I kind of compare that to when I, I started watching The Sopranos when I was in college, and then I didn't finish it. And then I actually uh, fully rewatched and finished The Sopranos uh, during the early days of the pandemic. And I was actually, in some ways, glad I waited, because in my early 30s, all this, yeah, because the the gimmick of the Sopranos was always, it was like one half family, one half uh, the mob. And the family stuff hits a lot harder when you're, uh, when you're in your thirties than it does when you're in your early twenties. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely feeling that at this point. And no offense to anyone. I, we're, we're not really that old. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said uh, old age earlier, but 
uh, <laughs> like, no, I'm sure we, if we, re- we, if we, if we rewatch these in our forties and fifties, we'll probably see completely different things, but you know, it's just... you, you are, lo- you are losing your hair. Our bodies are betraying us. <laughs> I just had to pay $400 to get a tooth removed. Like oh we're old. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So after profit motive, we have, uh, the two parter improbable cause the die is cast. This is the one that, uh, where Odo is tortured by Garrick. Yeah, which is if you just give the one-line summary, it makes it sound terrible. And that kind of is terrible. But on the other hand, like it is actually a really good episode. Um, it brings to resolution Inabrintain and Garrick's story. Also, although I guess we were complaining correctly that the Dominion doesn't factor much into this uh, season, this is a pretty heavy Dominion episode. You get to see the Dominion just curb stomp the Tal Shiar and the Obsidian Order. So, you know, and out and not just curb stomp them, but like out devious them. So it's a really interesting episode. This is one of the only two part episodes where they didn't use the the part two, part one format. And uh, I almost feel as though like this should have just been like a a two hour movie type thing. (laughs) Yeah, apparently it was initially not intended to be a two parter. It was intended to just be a, a single parter. And then uh, that didn't work because they, they didn't have enough room for the plot or whatever. Great set of episodes, though. The next we have is Facets. It's where Dax's previous host possessed the crew. That one was, it was fun more than anything. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. It's, we've talked a lot in our coverage about how DS9, more than, more than most uh, Star Trek, really likes to put its cast in positions where they're being like possessed or they're playing entities or roles other than their characters and this was kind of a great example of that specifically where Curzon Dax merges with Odo is like really both visually and performance wise a kind of fascinating thing and Rene Arbogones gets to stretch some acting muscles that he doesn't often get to stretch in the show and then the final episode we have for our great list is the episode Adversary which was the season finale Bob you described this as the thing on the defiant Yes, I think that's an accurate description. For our much younger fans, I described it as Among Us on the Defiant. I thought Among Us was just uh, like that sad post-apocalyptic game where you like kill a child or something. No. <laughs> it's a game where you're on a spaceship and you play an alien and all the people, other people play aliens, and one of you is the imposter. You have to figure out which one is the imposter. Oh, the imposter okay. is running around killing everybody on the ship in secret. Um, and yeah, am I thinking of the Last of Us? Is that the yes? You're thinking of the Last to... of Us. Yes, okay. uh, yes. Okay. I'm sure Among Us is inferior to the thing, but it sounds like it's <laughs> it sounds like it's better than the Last of Us. I'll give it. I'll give it credit. For that. Yeah, it, it, it most likely is. But all right, so those are our great episodes. Let's move on to our okay or interesting or important without being great episodes all right here we have the search part two and why we didn't put it in the great with its part one piece is because that we find out it was all a computer simulation yeah yeah which is really like you know you can sometimes get away with that it's all a computer simulation thing but it's a really weird way to end like the two-parter that's like really introducing your show's big bad like oh they you know they like to run social experiments. Uh, it's it's a kind of weird thing. I mean it's still an interesting uh, scenario that plays out, but it's made a lot less interesting by the fact of being a computer simulation. Yeah, and Search Part One set up some really cool stuff 
that then just gets like completely destroyed in search part two. So, yeah, I, it almost felt like it was like, like somebody wasn't able to finish search part two and then somebody else just took it in a different direction. I, mm-hmm. I haven't like looked at the, the uh, production history stuff or the, the credits for them, but you kind of get the sense it was written by somebody else. The next episode we have on the list, Bob, is Equilibrium. And this is where uh, Dax has hallucinations because of her serial killer personality. Uh, great performance by Terry Farrell, but nothing like... Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's kind not of weird that Dax's serial killer personality... I I thought they'd slow burned it more, but no, they, it, it's really a big focus of season three. You've got two episodes dedicated to it, which... In my memory, those two episodes were like separated by a season, so it was kind of interesting to see them relatively close together. Yeah, they come back to it. I mean, if, if the two Dax, the these these two episodes where we focus on Dax's uh, host facets is definitely the better episode. Yeah, well, and I think they only really come back to um, the serial killer personality. One, I think they only really come back to it in the final season with Ezri. I think I don't think it's a big focus of any other Dax episode, unless I'm totally forgetting something. All right, next on our list, Bob, we have Heart of Stone. And this is where Kira is stuck in some rocks, but she's really a founder. Yeah, I mean, there's some interesting things about this episode. It it really does kind of advance the Kira, Odo, will they, won't they. But on the other hand, it, it kind of has the same problem that the Search Part 2 does, which is a, a weird thing about the Dominion is that, yeah, so many of their plots are just like social experiments or just... I'm going to run a weird false scenario on you and see how you respond. Yeah. It, it, I mean, you get that the Odo cure relationship pieces is, is a big part of it. But at the same time, it's, it's like, I, I just felt her being stuck the whole time too. was just odd. I, I, I thought it was dumb, but I'd still say it was an okay episode. I wouldn't put it as a dumpster fire. Oh yeah. No, it's not terrible yeah. by any means. Not by any means. All right. Next episode, Bob, we have is destiny. And this is where we have, like, what I describe as Bajoran prophecy hullabaloo. Honestly, I think I went into a fugue state after recording on this episode, and I don't remember anything about it other than <laughs> your, your very apt description. It's, uh, it's just, it's the one where they all try to convince Benjamin that he needs to, uh... I'm- I, I didn't really need an explanation. Oh, okay. Well, if you want to know about I, I Destiny. I didn't really want to know more. <laughs> if you want to know Destiny, go back and watch the episode. Uh, I mean, I go back and uh, listen to our, our coverage of it because it uh, during that ep- during that episode, we agreed that it was not the best. It was okay. Visionaries next on the list, Bob. This is where Brian can see into the future. And I think the best thing about this episode was it really heated up the uh, passionate debate uh, that you and I have about the nature of time travel. <laughs> uh, wherein you think everyone is a special snowflake and everything matters so, so very much uh, because you are corrupted by Reaganism and 80s time travel movies, whereas I, an intellectual, know that uh, no one matters and that if you uh, if you don't do something, somebody else probably will. Yeah. Yeah, we, that, that was kind of a big piece for uh, this season because the same thing happened in uh, past tense where you said that you made the same points a couple of times, so... You still haven't changed a mind, Bob. I'm still stuck on Back to the Future. Where... I mean, can a, can a mind that's so wrong be changed, Matt? That's the, <laughs> that's the big theme of the show. Will, will, I, will I be able to uh, fix your perspective on this? Uh, all right. So the next episode we have, Bob, is Distant Voice. This is where Bashir is trapped in his mind. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Another kind of case of the cast having to play different roles um, than their normal roles. Uh Pretty forgettable, but not interesting enough. 
you know, now looking back as part of this retrospective, I'm thinking, man, Distant Voice was a lot like Facets in a way, <laughs> like if you think about it. Yeah. Same well, kind of also ideas. A, kind of a lot like The Search Part 2 and, yes. Heart, and Heart of Stone in a way, too. Yeah. You start to see a common theme among some of these episodes after going back. So next we've got our, <laughs> that makes me giggle when I think about it, Through the Looking Glass. <laughs> Yep, Which, uh, yep. this is where we have mirror universe sexcapades, Bob. That, that's pretty much what this boiled down to. Yeah, which, uh, in general, I'm a fan of horniness. I, I'm i still a little dubious on Cisco sleeping with mirror universe Dax. That, uh, that one still creeps me out a little bit. And I'm, I'm trying to be sex positive over here. I'm not trying to shame horniness. But that one seems a little wrong. Yeah, a little, a little creepy, but, I mean... It's like Cisco was in a kid in a candy shop, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, next we've got Explorers. This is where Cisco builds a solar sailing ship. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, it's contributing to this debate between whether the Bajorans first visited uh, ancient Cardassia or whether the Cardassians made first contact in, with the Bajorans in the Bajoran system. Interesting enough episode. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a good episode. I think it's, is this the, was that the episode where we saw the most of Jake? Yeah, that's where we really start. Yeah, this is probably like the most Jake-centric episode we've seen in season yeah. three. Yeah. Was was the like Jake and Nog stuff? Was that this season or was that season two? Like with the them going on the bad double date and such. That was season two. That was season two. Oh, wow. yeah. We haven't seen much of Jake and Nog this season. It's been. I mean, uh, well, you know, with Nog, we get the whole uh, him Star wanting to join Starfleet Academy. Yeah, but yeah. I haven't seen too much of them. Um, all right, next episode, Bob, we have is Family Business. I I, I really like this episode. <laughs> I'm I, I'm okay with stick, keeping it on this list, like as far as not putting it in the great category. But this is the more court goes to Ferengar yeah. to get his Moogie out of trouble. If you'd uh, put it on the great, I would have cried too much because I really don't like uh, Rom, nor do I really like Moogie. <laughs> I, I really just like Quark and Nog and, and Liquidator Brunt. Those are the good Ferengi and, and yeah. Zek. But not not Rom or Moogie. Rom and Moogie are the worst. Yeah, the, it, was, it was a fun episode. You get to see Ferengar for the first time, and uh, just a, it, it, a lot of good family type stuff, like you, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, apparently Ferengar is Seattle. Yeah, Ferengar basically is Seattle because it rains all the time. Um, the last episode on our OK list is Shakar, and I almost want to put this one in the dumpster fire, <laughs> but, it's, but I understand its importance. So, uh, farm equipment leads to civil war. That's that's pretty much the synopsis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important for the Bajor stuff, and it at least had a lot of weird character actors that we had a lot of fun discussing instead of the actual plot of the sh- the episode. Right. Um, okay, so those those were okay episodes. Next, we have our dumpster fire, and Bob, dumpster fire. We only had two episodes this season that we both agreed were dumpster fires. The first mm-hmm. episode is Meridian. This is where Dax falls in love with a dude on a planet that keeps going in and out of existence while Quark makes hollow porn of Kira. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten about that subplot. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> so, um, just, yeah. just a bad episode. Don't don't you worry, there's going to be an echo of that on Babylon 5 at some point. Oh, great. But, um, but yeah, Mer- Meridian, not worth watching and... The Dax plot is so boring. Y- mm-hmm. You'll lose interest. I, 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 mm-hmm. could, I had trouble making it through this episode. 
Yeah, yeah. Not not a great episode. Not a great episode. And then and to then, end it with like Quark's face superimposed over like a, a attractive woman's body was just odd. And No, I like that part, Matt. I don't know what you're <laughs> on about. Yeah, you did. Alright. Then the last dumpster fire episode the last episode to go in our dumpster fire is life support. This is where the writers remembered that Brile still exists and they decided they need to kill, kill him off. So they did. Yeah, so plot-wise, actually, it, it would fit into the middle category. But in terms of an overall viewership experience, kind of a dumpster fire. And honestly, I'm kind of glad our episode on this was uh, eaten by the Jim Hadar and uh, we'll never see the light of day. Yeah. All right, Bob. So what was your favorite episode this season? Um, objectively, probably Improbable Cause and the Die is Cast as a two-parter is the best, but man, I really enjoyed The Defiant, so I'm, I'm kind of leaning that direction. My favorite episode was Abandoned. I just thought it was a creative way to give the viewers a better understanding of the Jim Hadar, but like condensed into a single episode. Yeah. I just yeah. thought it was, I thought it was really good. Like I almost want to go back and, it, when it's an episode that I want to go back and rewatch again, like immediately yeah, to see that's, how it sets up future Jim Hadar stuff. Exactly. That's why I want to go back and watch. Like it, it's just that good of an episode. I really enjoyed it. All right, Bob, let's talk about least favorite. Yeah. I think we disagree a little bit here. Go for it. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you Bob Meridian is the worst episode of the season. And there's not much really more I can say other than just that whole planet thing with Dax falling in love with the dude. Ugh. There's only one really good scene in that whole sh- episode where Cisco and Dax have like kind of a heart to heart because Cisco thinks Dax he's not going to see Dax again. That she's yeah, going to go. Yeah, that with actually the guy. is a really sweet uh, scene, and I th- I think we were pretty complimentary, especially of Avery Brooks's acting in that scene. Co- correct. That's the only thing in that episode uh, that I would consider okay. Everything else is just god awful. Yeah, yeah, and I'd forgotten about the cringe uh, Quarks subplot, which <laughs> honestly, had I remembered, might have push meridian over the edge but although i will say while meridian was like bad it's nowhere near like it's not even in the bottom 50 of star trek oh no 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 way not even in the bottom 100 point oh there are no episodes like really in in this season that i would say are just you know the worst of trek okay like neither of these episodes i think would fit that category and i think you're right on that i really don't think that season three is very solid all the way, all over. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's, I'll get to that in just a second, because that was going to be my kind of big surprise. But I'll just say, I, I wound up going with life support, even though I do think you probably should watch life support in a watch through, just because it is important for the Bajoran uh, politics subplots. But, yeah, I life support annoyed me more aggressively than Meridian did, even with the kind of bad love story of... Uh, Meridian. Also kind of interesting now that I think about that both are primarily dominated by romantic subplots. Maybe we're just really old and bitter men who don't like (laughs) Star Trek. Well, it's not just that too. I think with life support, I thought they were going the route of having Beryl, like someone murdering Beryl or someone like had sabotaged the ship. Or something like that, and that's why Boral well, died. Kinda, I'm kind of glad they didn't go that way. I mean, granted, the episode wasn't done well, but the more 
they were at least trying to get at a more interesting moral dilemma than just, oh, there was a conspiracy to kill him. In my opinion, you, I kind of disagree with that. I think it probably would have, would have been better had they set something up like that just to make it make fingers be pointed at Kai Wynn and yeah you know. also i don't i don't like necessarily want kai win to be that much of a villain like i want her to be really devious and ruthless but maybe not to that extent and i i did like the moral dilemma that life support set up about whether like barile is still barile as bashir does this like brain surgery on him but i just was very dissatisfied with the answer which i thought was very kind of humanist uh to use a term that in philosophy is sometimes used as an insult yeah it, it's definitely not spock's brain anytime anytime star trek kind of delves into brain territory that's when it gets a uh, weird I, I, so my revisionist <laughs> take is that spock's brain is actually pretty fun um, it's i mean it's not a great episode but it's very fun i think it having the reputation as the worst uh star trek uh, compared to like some of the other stuff the original series or Voyager or Enterprise has done is not really fair or Prodigy now that we have Prodigy oh my god so yeah I'm I'm actually a little bit of a Spock's brains defender but I appreciate the connection yeah let's, we should just call this episode Barile's brain there you go Barile's brain uh, maybe 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 it is a tragedy that we lost our episode on Barile and so you were already kind of hinting at this so my big surprise for this season was that I intellectually remembered that season three was a big jump in quality over seasons one and two, but I was still surprised at how much of a jump of like a solid half of the season I really loved, and it sounds like you loved too. Oh yeah, this this season's fantastic. This is a great season. The big surprise for me, you know, after looking over all of the episodes, is that I was surprised how much the Jim Hadar and the founders they don't really play a huge role in this season. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. we're fed kind of drops of info as we go through, but like the third season doesn't go full force with the Dominion. Well, it's you can kind of split the Dominion episodes into two because there's the ones that are like the weird kind of teases, uh, like where they're doing this the quote unquote social experiments, like the diet or not the diet cast, like Heart of Stone and like the Search Part Two. And then there's the ones where they're being more devious in like trying to trick people into making bad decisions like um the season finale adversary and then like what they succeed in doing with tal shiar and the obsidian order in that two-parter the die is cast and then i guess you could almost put the abandoned in a third category because i don't really remember the dominion like planning or executing anything in that it's just we actually do get more insight into the jim hadar in that one and then I was also surprised about how often they like screw up everything with the Defiant early on in this in the season. I, I for some, I mean, they really like they get stolen. It gets like mm-hmm. hijacked. It gets uh, like viruses put into it that they can't control. You know, the, the ship itself, and they're going to end up taking it to war. I wonder if that's a little bit like how Jean Grey and Counselor Troy always have to get knocked out. Yeah, <laughs> like a little too powerful. So they've written the Defiant to be so powerful. So in order to have dramatic situations, they need it to be weakened or sabotaged or disabled in some sort of way. Oh, oh yeah. It, it, it just, it gets taken over so often. It's just, it's kind of weird. I didn't realize that that happened so often in season three. All right. So let's talk about favorite or best developed character, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I noticed big jumps in quality for both Odo and Dax this season, but I would say they were probably bigger for Dax, so um, I would give her as my kind of favorite or 
uh, best developed character this season. And that's, you know, even overlooking that pretty rough Meridian episode. And, you know, she didn't exactly get great portrayal in the Mirror Universe episode either. But still, I'd say, uh, uh, you know, if you're going to give it out as like a most improved or a most in-depth, I'd say Dax makes sense. And when we get to the end of the series, we need to uh, look back and like go through all the uh, character episodes and like put them in some kind of ranking. I think that would be pretty cool. Okay. Just getting just throw that. Uh, after thinking about Dax, I was thinking back to season two, some of the ep- season two episodes with Dax in it, and then mm-hmm. there's like there's like one. I think there's one episode in season one where they really focus on Dax, and that's about it. So. Yeah, and I think we were complain we were complaining about it. It's called Dax in season one, ironically enough, and we were right. complaining about it because it's like exploring the symbiote, but it's like she's a very passive character. She's just sitting there at a trial while like Cisco does all the exposition. It's a very kind of weird setup. Yeah, we need like the Dax collection, the Odo collection, <laughs> the Kira collection. <laughs> You can you can assemble the ROM collection yourself. I'm not gonna yeah, do it. I, I will do that for you, Bob. I'll assemble. I really, I'll just put a, you have like a YouTube video of like ROM's greatest hits. Just... You can put up a YouTube video of me talking like clips of me talking about how much I hate ROM. My favorite character though, Bob, is the season is Quark. We learned so much more about the Ferengi culture and like everything that they stand for. There's some great Quark episodes. Uh, we learn more about Odo's species, but I didn't feel like this was his season to shine. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, episodes in season two for Odo were better. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And it's I, I really like Quark this season too. I will say uh, you gotta you gotta say it's pretty impressive that you give it to Quark despite that cringe subplot for him in Meridian that I'd forgotten about. See, we, yeah, we both forgive Meridian apparently. We just because you you forgave it for Dax, and I forgive it for Quark. All right, can I give you a little uh, real-life update for you and the listeners, Matt? Sure. So you may think you've, like, big-dicked someone in your life, and I want to be clear that big-dicked is a a gender-neutral term, as the mayor of Chicago, uh, Miss Lori Lightfoot, has recently taught us. You may think you've big-dicked someone in your life, but you've never big-dicked someone as much as my cat, who she just went into the litter box, did her business, came out, jumped into my lap, and then, uh, you know, drop some cat litter on me. Oh, gross. That's disgusting, Bob. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, and I'm, I'm podcasting through it because that's my commitment. <laughs> Quality <laughs> listening experience for our listeners. Wow. But yeah, my, uh, my cat, she's a, she's a demon. Yeah. When you first talked about, when you first started talking about uh, Big Dick, I thought we were like going into some kind of ad reel that I didn't know about. Bob got Bob got us some ad stuff. <laughs> that's the best kind of advertising copy. The the kind that's a complete surprise to your co-host. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, speaking of surprising, Bob, um, I was surprised by how uh, Cisco is. Not really the main character in many episodes still. Uh, we yeah. said the same thing in season two. Yeah, I feel like he was a lot more front and center in season one. And then in season two and season three, they've really throttled back in order to make it much more of an ensemble show. Yeah, yeah. It, I was surprised. I was just, I don't know. When I, when I think back to like when I watched this in my, in my teenage years, I felt like Cisco was always like on the screen. I don't know why. Uh, it's just... Maybe I just watched a lot of season one. Maybe that's what the problem. <laughs> I mean, we did the. I think the only one either of us had on VHS was the emissary. Yeah, that must be it. So, who is your least favorite character this uh, season, Matt? Uh, least favorite character, Bob. Uh, I, I'm not really a fan of these early Cassidy Yates appearances. Uh, 
don't dislike Cassidy Yates, but she's certainly not like she's certainly not a revelation or anything. And I think as I've complained on prior episodes, like Cisco's kind of demeanor when he's like flirting with her is very strange and very good. Yeah, it's awkward. It, yeah. It's, it, yeah. I don't know if it's awkward writing or it's just, I think it's, no I think chemistry. it's the writing. I, don't know. I think it's the dialogue. I think it's the dialogue is the problem more than yeah. it's the performance. And then also I just want to point out Eddington. I, I just, he's not very, he's not my favorite either. Yeah, yeah. So you, what, what's your line on Eddington this season? What's the problem with him? He's just forgettable. I forgot he was there most of the time. <laughs> well, yeah. And that I, I expected him to be in a lot more episodes. I was kind of surprised that we only see him in three. The Search Part 1, The Die is Cast, and Adversary. I actually do think it's a pretty great performance. Like, there's something very memorable about the performance. But the character is not really an amazing or very deep character. And honestly, we don't learn very much about him this season. Starfleet forces him on Cisco and Odo, you know, to undermine them. He's treacherous and he's ambitious. And all that, it, it sort of is foreshadowing what comes later in the show, but it's also not. Like, it doesn't, in some ways, it's even though, like, the broad strokes of the tone are consistent, like, the specifics aren't really that consistent. And so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like the guy playing Eddington quite a bit, but I agree with you that it's not a very well-done part of season three. Who is your least favorite character, Bob? Rom, moving on. <laughs> Always Rom. God. Oh, and I, I I left out something, Bob. I want to go back to our favorite or best developed or most interesting character. Oh, yeah, yeah. If not Quark, I want to say that it's probably the uh, dartboard. <laughs> so much attention lavished on the dartboard. And in, even in episodes where you don't see the dartboard, you have, like, O'Brien and Bashir plotting to break into Quarks to uh, take the dartboard back. Yes, that, that, that thing was everywhere this season. I really thought it was going to, like, turn into some kind of, like, plot device or we're going to find out some alien disc or some weird shit. <laughs> it's yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's, a, that's, that's another thing that surprised me. Kind of like the uh, Dax has a serial killer personality, which I'd kind of stretched out over the show. I kind of stretched out darts over the show, but from this watch, it just seems to be like intensely a season three thing. I don't know if we're going to even see a dartboard in season four. I think it would be really funny if like the dartboard turned out to be one of the founders and they just been throwing darts at it the whole time. That Yeah, that's great. That's, that's really funny. All right. Anybody else from the main cast you want to highlight? I, I still just can't get over how Garrick has so few appearances, but is one of the best characters on this show. Like, yeah, he's kind of like the flip mind. side of Eddington in that respect, isn't he? Right. I mean, he really only appears in, a, what, two or three episodes this season? And he's just amazing. Like, all of his episodes are memorable. like four, but I, I, I didn't look it up. But yeah, it's not that many. It's not that many. And then I, I should have said this earlier when you were big up in Quark, but, you know, I also thought it was a great Quark season. Particularly enjoyed House of Quark and Profit Motive. Um, but I think the thing I enjoyed the most about Quark this season was the subplot where he randomly takes bets about things from Bashir's personal life. Um, <laughs> you know, he's taking bets on will Bashir hook up with his old rival? Will he win this big medical prize? So I, I really enjoyed all of that. And then we also see him taking bets on O'Brien's dartboard performance. And on that note, it was also a pretty good season for fleshing Bashir out. I, I don't think he, you know, deserves our 
recognition for like best character this season, but still a good season for fleshing Bashir out. I particularly adore him and O'Brien getting wasted together when Bashir is angsting about his uh, old rival from uh, medical school. I, w- I was going back and forth between several characters and least favorite, and Bashir was on that list, but he got quickly taken off after I went back and reviewed the episodes. I was like, yeah, yeah, he- he's okay this season. But yeah, they've made a lot of progress on Bashir from the kind of, because I think we were questioning in our season two recap of, my God, when does he get good? And yeah. <laughs> the, kind of like, Kind of like with Dax, the answer is the answer is like late season two or uh, season three. He's tolerable in season three. He's much further along than Franklin and Babylon Five. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, Franklin and Babylon Five is never going to be nearly as good as Bashir. Most interesting alien species this season, Bob. I give it to the Ferengi. Nice, nice. Uh, I give it to the good uh, to the good development for the Jim Hadar this season. Specifically, it's just one episode in Abandoned. Although I, I would note that we had a great Cardassian season. Uh, a lot of good stuff from Ducat and Aubrey and Garrick. And those female uh, Cardassian scientists whose names I forget but were really fun. And I believe that was the O'Brien uh, time travel episode. Yeah. When it comes, though, to wasted potential in this season, the only thing I could pinpoint that I thought they probably could have done something with was that Romulan li- liaison that they put on the Defiant in the, uh, in the mm-hmm. season premiere? Yeah, not using her is just such a criminal waste. No follow-through. Sad. There could have been a really interesting dynamic there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially since like Romulans you know, don't really get developed in, in a serious way until season one of uh, Picard. Right. I mean, like they show up a lot more in the next gen, and you get some sense of them, but not that much. It's... It's really a shame it, it took till Picard season one for the Romulans to get kind of be regular characters and to get really fleshed out. Anything wasted for you, Bob? I would say that the Bajoran stuff, I don't know if waste is the right term, but it, it tends to be meh. And, that, you know, I Kira and Wynn are two of my favorite characters on the show, but the Bajoran culture and Bajoran politics stuff, just meh. But, Bob, you had the episode Destiny. Wait, which one was Destiny? The one you, the one, the one you don't remember at all. <laughs> the one about uh, the what the the Bajoran Bajoran hullabaloo that the way I described it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean no, I, I I don't I don't forget that because I forgot it. I forgot that because it was so forgettable. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, I'm just saying that it was that bad. I mean, it was it was that forgettable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The whole point is, Bob. It's supposed. You know, it makes sense. All right, connection between any connections between DS Nine S Season Three and any other shows, Bob. I, I couldn't come up with anything. I feel like this season's very unique. Yeah, I was struggling too. I mean, uh, there's one other show I can think of that we might podcast about. Um, the only other, besides Babylon Five, the only thing that really came to mind was: Have you ever seen or heard of the show Helix? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh, I think it's it's from about 10 years ago. I think it might still be on Netflix. I've never watched it, but I think it's basically supposed to be like The Thing, the series. You know, it's like a TV show like set in Antarctica that deals with like an alien disease or something. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's uh, written by Ron Moore, who wrote the Battlestar Galactica reboot and then went on to write Outlander and who also wrote on DS9 and wrote on Star Trek Voyager. So maybe you could make some connection between The Thing, the series, a.k.a. Helix, and Adversary, but that's about all I got. 
Yeah, I might have to. I might look that up. Look, he looks up later. See if it's on Netflix. That would be. I'm a, not sure if it's like the reviews at the time like weren't negative, but they weren't super positive either. Yeah, it's still fun though. Maybe we'll. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to to watch the the pilot at least. So, would you rank the DS9 season finales uh, adversaries from this season, Jim Hadar from season two, and then Hands of the Prophets from season uh, one, or are you, did you like uh, the Jim Hadar finale from last season better than the adversary? Yeah, I go. It, it, it goes in opposite order. It's season three finale was fantastic. Adversary is the best. Jim Hadar and then Hands of the Prophets. Nice. You would say the the ranking for the seasons goes season three, season two, season one. Yeah, uh, but I really hold that season two and season three are just way above season one. I, I, I yeah, think there's the, the quality just is, is so much better in season two and season three. The quality of the stories. But and then season one is the foundation for the, the whole thing. So I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, you, as you got to watch Star it. Trek season ones go. DS Nine season one is not nearly as bad as TNG or Enterprise or Voyager. Oh or yeah, Prodigy. Yeah, that's for sure. Very much so. Yeah. Or, or even Picard season one, I would say. All right. Well, this has been our coverage of DS9 season three. Do you have any uh, final notes to end on, Matt? No, I think we're good. I look forward to season four. Yeah, Way of the Warrior, baby. It's coming. All right. So this has been Babylon 5 versus DS9, the galaxy's greatest podcast about the two great 90s space station shows. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>